Welcome back to the Growing Lean podcast, sponsored by Lean Discovery Group. This is your host, Dylan Burke, also known as Deej. I'm very happy to be here with David Doss, founder of the CKC Fund and board of directors of Chain BLX. Welcome, David. Thank you for having me, Don. Amazing. So to get us started, can you give us a little bit about the history and background of yourself and how you ended up where you are today? Yeah, sure. So I've spent about the last 15 years in marketing strategy and operations, uh, mainly for technology companies. And I've spent about the last six years of that in the blockchain and cryptocurrency Web3 space. So I've uh, worked on uh, blockchain initiatives with Citibank, with Gemini, a variety of other players in the space. And in terms of what inspired me to get started doing what I'm doing now, uh, I also have a very global background where I've uh, lived in various countries, traveled to um, several dozen different countries at this point. And I was really fascinated with the ability for digital assets to act as a catalyst for innovation uh, globally. So uh, what I do now as, uh, as the founder of CKC Fund is uh, focus on helping uh, businesses and investment funds to grow through blockchain and digital assets. So on the one side of what we're doing is we help to operate fund investment fund vehicles in the digital asset space. And with that, we help also to facilitate liquidity for other alternative investment funds that accept capital in the form of cryptocurrencies. So funds such as uh, ESG funds or, uh, or other emerging tech funds that are receiving investment capital in the form of cryptocurrency and then redeploying it into other areas. And then the other side of what we do is uh, growth consultancy and development around blockchain and cryptocurrency startups and digital transformation initiatives. Okay, amazing. And when did you start the business? So we have been going, it's, I guess that's kind of a, uh, a little bit of a larger question because uh, it built it up, have been building it out slowly in the background, but uh, I'd say particularly since about uh, Early 2022 uh, is when we really started focusing on uh, on building this out. But I think that speaks also to a larger uh, larger challenge of kind of naming when when a business starts. Because really, this also this started, for example, on the uh, digital asset investments side. It started with building out a personal uh, investment portfolio uh, over six years ago. So, and then from those learnings and from, uh, you know, from a lot of those relationships in the blockchain space is where uh, there's kind of this organic growth into doing what I do now. Okay, amazing. And what, what has been the biggest challenge you've faced um, in getting to your business where it is today? And how have you solved it? Or how are you solving it? Yeah, so I would say in in emerging technologies in general, but uh, in particular in the blockchain and, and digital asset space, uh, there's a very uh, kind of boom and bust um, uh, cycle that, that can happen here where 
this is something that I have perspective on having been involved in this market for quite some time is that, um, you know, you have just these really major drawdowns. So for context, um, you know, all time high for Bitcoin was about $80,000. And it's been hovering in the kind of twenty-five dollars to $30,000 range lately. Um, but the thing is that this is nothing super new uh, around the larger digital asset space that uh, also the last all time high um, in 2017, 2018, Bitcoin was at about $20,000, and then it went down to about $3,000. So you have these just very significant fluctuations, but upward trending. So I think that the um, the larger perspective is to kind of prepare for the marathon rather than for the sprint and to to really kind of hope for the best, but plan for the worst. And so some ways that we've been focusing on doing that is you know, just really tooling up and building out what we have to offer in the midst of a bear market so that when there is the next bull market, we can be really 100% equipped to um, to provide value and to handle the demand that will be there. Uh, an analogy I like to use is, you know, if, if you're surfing, for example, and, and there are kind of no waves out there, yeah, you could just stop and swim to shore. But then if you see this big wave coming from shore, you have to... <laughs> You have to run into the water and then start paddling over out to the wave. And by the time that you see that wave, you may have missed it. So if, if you're just constantly going back to shore and then chasing that, that wave from the shore, then, uh, then it, it becomes a challenge. So they talk about that in other sports too, of not, uh, you want to go not to where the ball is, but where, to where the ball will be. So I think that's, that's a challenge in emerging technologies uh, and crypto in particular is to, to kind of prepare for where the ball will be. Yeah, 100%. And I love that analogy because it literally is a wave if you look at the graph. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you want to be exactly. at the bottom of it going up just so you're ready for yep. the for the pump. Um, I used yeah. to, well, I was dabbling. I was really young in 2017 when that when it sort of emerged into um, the mainstream. And I dabbled mm-hmm. with it and I turned, um, I turned like 500 Rand into 30,000 Rand which was like crazy at the time. And I remember telling my grandpa, I was like, hey, this is what I've done with 500 Rand. And he was like, take it out now. It's going to crash. And I was like, I know better than him. He's only been doing this for 60 years with markets. And two weeks later, it crashed and I lost it and I pulled it out. Um, And I just took the loss because it wasn't technically a loss. It was because it was only 500 Rand, which was... I broke even. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then... If I had held that until today, it would be worth like 30x what it was. Um, so that's what I'm saying. You should better to wait in the ocean. I love that analogy. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, and I mean, the thing though is that waiting is uh, something that I think is also an important concept is that waiting is something that is, uh, is kind of a very active thing. Uh, I remember there was this, I think it was a Hamilton song, uh, the musical, but it was, uh, I'm not lying around, I'm lying in wait. And so that, that kind of crouching, ready to, ready to strike sort of a waiting is, is really the kind of thing that we're talking about. Not this like kind of, uh, waiting for the whole thing to, to get better without kind of taking agency of it. 
is I think another another important learning of uh, you know there's there are ways to be productively waiting. And so to to that point and to that kind of you know example that that you're talking about, you know, um, there's there are opportunities. Uh, you know, certainly would it's you know better to better to sell at, at the peak than <laughs> than to sell at the dip. That's you know obviously also easier said than done. Uh, but then you know beyond that, to your other point, it would also maybe have been better to you know to either sell at the at the the last peak or to wait it out until the next one, uh, depending on your priorities, right? But there are also other ways of, of actively waiting, such as, you know, I think some of the, the really successful funds out there, they have, uh, they've seen that um, they, they've been thinking about the short term and about the long term. So in that, in that, in that uh, story that you're providing, you know, I think that what a lot of funds uh, in the space would be looking to do is sell out of those positions not to completely cash out and and kind of close up shop, but to sell out of their positions and then get back in at uh, basically at a at a heavy discount um, is is another area where I think that there's a lot of opportunity in a market where there's volatility. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then, could you walk us through your overall business strategy and kind of where you see yourself heading in the next couple of years? Yeah, for sure. So, um, in terms of our, so we have two sides of of what CKC does. Uh, one side is CKC fund, and so what we've what we've been doing is managing uh, investment vehicles in the digital asset space. So we're a a fund operator or a fund advisor, and uh, and in terms of uh, of the model and what we're preparing to do. Um, we're thinking about this in terms of, to your point, the medium to long-term value in, in this market, where, for example, uh, analysts from City and from the World Economic Forum have talked about the overall uh, blockchain and tokenization markets being a multi-trillion dollar opportunity, where uh, right now it's, I mean, the overall market's a little bit difficult to estimate, but maybe in the in the low trillions and they're they're estimating um basically uh closer to a 10 to 20 trillion dollar opportunity um by 2030 so what we're looking to do is is really to help uh fuel that overall um that overall trend and provide value in that in terms of the the strategy around investment management our our mindset is that there's there's been a lot of kind of risk seeking behavior in in the crypto markets. Uh, there's a lot of uh, you know kind of more more gambling, um, and I mean gambling is gambling is cool. You know you you can <laughs> you can win a lot. You can but the, the problem is you can also lose a lot. So um, you know it's it's fine to be to be gambling if if what someone wants to do is gamble, but if it's if it's a question of investing, then there there needs to be more of a Kind of a measured approach of researching fundamental value, uh, you know, diversification, uh, risk management, looking at uh, at price correlations, trying to build out an overall portfolio uh, that can basically mitigate risk. Um, so what we look to do is mitigate risk across the the larger digital asset portfolios that we're building. We also look to provide digital assets as a way, in turn, to mitigate. Uh, investor risk 
uh, across their their larger um, their larger portfolio. So we like to to look at how can digital assets like Bitcoin or Ethereum how can they be a counterbalance given that they show low to low to no correlation with other markets like stocks, bonds, real estate. How can how can the um, upward trending volatility of uh, of digital assets provide an asymmetric uh, growth opportunity for people's portfolios in a way that also um, kind of balances out the larger volatility across that. So that's that's one key area or set of areas. Another point there around what we're looking to do is we're looking to to really bring more of a, a rigor to the digital asset space where a lot of the kind of total wipeout scenarios that have been happening have been from being way, way over leveraged on really, really risky plays where, uh, you know, some people have become just uh, like unbelievably rich overnight, but other people have lost absolutely everything or are, are actually uh, in the red. Um, and so what we're looking to do is is be kind of the antidote to that towards a more uh, a more risk mitigated type of approach on the on the studio and development side what we look to do is help to build out the larger ecosystem of uh, products and services in the blockchain space that are going to help to fuel the next bull market essentially 100% yeah i've got so I've got some friends who have um, kind of like pulled out most of their investment um, and then they're just riding whatever they're willing to lose. But I've got this one friend who he's like a super intelligent guy and he's he puts everything into Bitcoin specifically, diversified a little mm. bit, but he's mm. backing Bitcoin to the end. And even when it dips mm. and he's at a loss, he just keeps buying more and more and more. Mm. And he's explained it to me so many times. Um and it does make sense. He's backing the technology and he's backing that Bitcoin will be the front runner at the end of it. Um, mm. But with that being said, have there been any times in your journey like where you've seen a tank so hard and you're like, oh, God, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> I'm losing so much. Um, has there ever been a time where you considered like calling it quits and finding something new? You know, I think there's always that uh, there's always that question around, you know, anything in life that, that gets that gets tough, right? But, um, you know, there have been times where it has been really, really brutal. Um, so, you know, for one thing, I, I left a, a very, uh, very cushy job in early, early 2018, early to mid 2018, to work in an early stage uh, blockchain and cryptocurrency startup. And within two weeks of quitting, Bitcoin fell by 50% and altcoins. So, you know, a lot of the, the other ones out there fell by up to 95 to 99 plus percent in some cases. And so the market was just totally, totally decimated. And I was getting paid in cryptocurrency. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, th there were, um, there, have, there have been times where it's been, you know, a really, a, a, a quite a bit of a, a shock, uh, to put it mildly, but that kind of harks back to my earlier point I was making is that realizing, okay, these are the patterns. How can we prepare for for this next time? Be better informed, learn from the the pain, basically. But yeah, I think that um, it comes down to finding something that you're really 
excited about, passionate about that you think has uh, has impact potential and something that's that's worth uh, worth the headache, worth the pain. Yeah, hundred percent. And you obviously back the technology all the way. Yeah. So I I will caveat that by saying I have I have been consistently involved with the technology and with the assets all the way or, or through through that entire duration um, and focused the you know lion's share of my time and attention to it. Personally though, I've I've not chosen to kind of go all in on you know kind of uh, sell the house and buy Bitcoin or you know sell the car and buy Bitcoin. Um, there are folks for whom that you know really paid off. There are others for whom it really, really, really didn't, you know, and there, there are horror stories of, you know, people who, you know, took on uh, a second mortgage to, to buy crypto, um, you know, towards the peak and then, and then it tanks or, or stuff like that. So with, with that in mind, uh, I, what I look to do is, is to practice uh, what I preach, which is the benefits of diversification that, uh, not just diversification across different crypto assets, but also diversification of, of having, treating crypto uh, like the promising emerging asset class that it is, where, you know, it really depends on a person's risk profile. For, for some younger folks, it could make sense to, to have, you know, 25 plus percent of net worth in crypto. For some, it could really not make sense if they have uh, kind of a, a lower risk type of uh, profile or set of priorities for, you know, let's say uh, broader, more broadly speaking, uh, a lot of high net worth individuals, family offices and such, uh, as well as modern portfolio theory would have been saying, you know, in, in surveys or in analyses that it can make sense to put say around four or 5% of net worth into, uh, into digital assets because, of the significant upside, uh, while also, you know, in a scenario where, where you're not looking to invest any or any more than you're okay with losing, uh, it would still be, you know, kind of a minimal damage to, to one's overall net worth. So I think there are a lot of things to think through there of, uh, you know, what is the mindset? What is the kind of risk appetite? And then make decisions accordingly, essentially. Yeah, 100%. So I've got my one side of my family is like has a real estate development background, mm. which takes huge, huge risk. And then my other side, my stepdad is an accountant. So he's very risk averse. And both of them tell me to stay away from cryptocurrency. <laughs> so it's super interesting. Even the risk, the risk takers and the risk mitigators, they have a common agreement, but now they're slowly starting to understand it more um, as the years have gone by with, with more case studies and education, it's becoming more understood by them, especially the older generation. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it comes down to um, looking at crypto as special, just like any other asset class, you know, so it has these, these particulars about it, just like the real estate market does or the fine art market or, the stock market or what have you, but realizing that you need to look at the fundamentals, you need to uh, exercise good judgment. I think that sometimes folks in crypto can talk about it as this super, super special thing that's unlike anything else in a way that that can kind of uh, make it 
it, it kind of smacks of some exceptionalism, like, you know, the, the rules of investing don't apply. Fundamental analysis doesn't need to apply. Uh, and that's, I, I think that's a, a mistake. So to, to your point, uh, education, really important. Um, and, and also just realizing the overall, uh, the overall value potential and, and making informed decisions all really important. Yeah, amazing. So we are running out of time a bit, but I just wanted, before we go, if you could rate where you are in terms of um, your level of satisfaction with your business on a scale of one to 10 today, what where would you rate that? Oh boy. So I would say... You know, I, I I think this is around probably where most people would say, but I'd say somewhere towards the uh, towards that kind of six, seven, eight out of ten range. Uh, the reason being, I, I think it's a it's a balance of celebrating the wins, but also staying hungry and, and staying humble for for what's to come. There's there's a whole lot that I that I want still to to accomplish, but I think that there's been a lot of growth as well. Hundred percent. And if we were to meet again in three years' time, and I asked you the same question, what would you what mm. would you want the answer to be? I would want the answer to be a lot higher, and I think that that also speaks to your point. Um, there's there was a saying um, by I can't remember who it was, but the kind of a fairly common saying that everyone underestimates, or excuse me, everyone overestimates what they can do in a year, but they underestimate what they can do in 10 years. And so looking through, you know, to, to three years from now, I think the the sheer level of potential of what could have been achieved is a lot more significant, um, you know, again, versus the expectations that it would have. So I think it's it's good to, to be building for that longer term, for sure. 100%. And do you sort of have an idea what it takes to get to that point? Like what, what's missing? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's uh, for for this stage, I think it comes down to uh, to better, uh, better operations around sales and business development, and then also increased focus on uh, optimizing the asset management side of things. So those are, I think, going to continue to be key areas. Okay, amazing. I love that. And before we go, what advice would you give to other business owners looking to succeed in your industry? A couple of things. Uh, one would be uh, testing out what it is exactly you you want to be accomplishing. So, uh, you know, I think that there there have been a lot of folks that will go, oh, crypto, you know, that's going to be easy. <laughs> um, but really uh, finding what it is that you really find interesting about the blockchain and crypto sphere uh, and, and kind of building out knowledge and experience and, and kind of track record in that is, I think, really important. Uh, relatedly, also, um, just that uh, I would say the, the other related side to that is that there's just so many areas within blockchain and crypto uh, that, are, that are growing right now, ranging from, you know, kind of more B2B infrastructure to... Uh, you know, blockchain related to uh, music, streaming, uh, events. And so there's there's just a whole scope. Um, so kind of trying to find what really ticks with 
you know, personality, skill set, et cetera, uh, would be another key area. And then the the last point would be just bearing in mind those cycles that, you know, I think a lot of people kind of get onto that blockchain and crypto bandwagon when, you know, when the price is ludicrously high. Um, and then when when things start to dip, they start to to drop off a bit. So just bearing in mind that, you know, that'll probably continue to, you know, there there will continue to be cycles is another thing and prepare accordingly. 100%. I appreciate that so much. And thanks for being on the show, David. It's, it's been really interesting and I love, I've loved learning more about I appreciate you having me on, Dylan. Absolutely. So what would the best what would the best way for people to get in touch with David Doss if you have any if they have any questions or if you have any offers for them to take advantage of? Yeah, it uh, would be great to uh, to continue conversations. Happy to help in, in what ways I can. Uh, my LinkedIn would be a good way. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, so search for David Doss, uh, CKC Fund. Uh, you can also reach out to me via email. So that's that, uh, david at ckc.fun. And yeah, those would be some of the main ways. Amazing. Thanks so much, David. I appreciate it.